When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Go to Indeed.com slash Spinsters to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Okay, so listen to this. My whole body is sore because yeah. yesterday, Elfie, who Channing is my, my dog, my precious little dog, okay. sprints out the front door when my aunt's not looking. Right. Oh, and Elfie's still a puppy. So mm-hmm. she is fast. And I've, we've been through this game before and we've, my aunt's got a big yard kind of far away from the road. So like not that dangerous. Right. But I'm still freaking out. So I go out there and I hear her from upstairs, my aunt yelling her name, like all frantic. So I know what's up. I don't have shoes on. Um, but I'll run out anyway, just thinking I'll go catch her. I like take my jacket off. I fly on the, cause she's far away and now I'm seeing it. Throw my jacket, start sprinting. I sprained my ankle two weeks ago. Doesn't matter. Today is the size of a fucking bowling ball. I'm sprinting, you know, I'm like blacking out. And Elfie thinks it's just a game, right? Like you can see how happy she is. She's just running around. She goes to the neighbor's yard which is also where my cousin lives because we're in Kentucky. So I yell at him and I'm like, hey, <laughs> grab your dog. Let's entice my dog. The plot thickens. I, my aunt What's the name of this show? tosses me a piece of French toast left over from Sunday breakfast, no. right? So I catch it knowing that I'll entice oh her with God. it. Put bread in my pocket, okay? There's bread in my pocket. I'm sprinting. <laughs> I'm calling her. Like every now and again, we'll like stop and I'll just like try to cut her off, you know, whatever. But she's like running back speed. I used to be fast in my day too. I'll say, speaking of running back speed, one time I did this like workout in front of Charlie Strong when he was a Louisville coach and he told me if he could recruit women, I'd be a running back. That actually happened. So wow. anyway, okay. um, but not for a long okay. time and I'm on a, a sprained ankle. <laughs> so we start running through this field where there's horses. I'm like, this is very scary. Then we start running to this oh, field, gosh. the Isbels where they have a pond in the front yard. This is also very scary because she's a reckless dog. Then we get to the road and I start realizing what's going to happen. She runs out in the road. My heart has stopped, went to my butt, shattered in a million oh pieces. Gosh. And so I go, I'm literally out in the road and I'm stopping traffic. I'm like this, like literally stopping cars from coming. She runs this way back. Then she sees these two big dogs. And so she sprints at them full speed. At this point, I'm just like screaming. I'm crying. Like I'm insane. I'm in the middle of the road. I'm barefoot. There's bread in my pocket. Bread's in your pocket. Yeah. So anyway, finally we go in the forest behind the, the woods. It's not really a forest behind this like housing development. And I get close enough to her. What? There's a, I get close enough to her. I need a map of to this throw, what? To throw some bread. And so she sees that I have food. And so she slowly, I lure her in and I grabbed her collar and went like this. And I just oh, sat dude. down and I was just sobbing. I mean, it was so scary. There were cars coming at her, th- you know, three minutes before. And so she, but she's so cool. She's just licking, There's a lot licking of... the tears off my face. <laughs> so anyway, I'm really sore today. <laughs> How many microclimates do you live near? You were like, yo, I ran out my house near this desert grassland. Then I had to cross this ravine into the desert where I was avoiding cactuses. Next, I went through the forest where there are bulls and jaguars. 
She was going up through a vine, almost got eaten by an anaconda. Next thing you know, this polar bear came out of the road. And then I said, stop, because now we're in New York. What? Yo, I'm Channing Fry, and you're listening to Spencer's Podcast, where it's never, ever, ever too early to drink some chosen family wines. I'm Jordan, that's Haley, and yes, you heard that right. It's NBA champion, NBA legend, Channing Fry, <laughs> with us today. We have a great, great show for you. But first, some few housekeeping things. One, if you haven't listened to our last narrative episode, Ode to Black Hair, it was so much fun to create. Make sure you guys listen and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, do all the things. One of our, our producers Thanks, is in Portland and he was at brunch either last weekend or the weekend ago. And someone named Christian came up to him and sh- said he loved the show. Christian, please email us, spencers at bluewire.com so we can send you something. And thank you for saying that to him. That was extremely nice. I showed my mom and dad the message. Oh, thank you, Spencer. So it was really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Thank you. Um, Shout out to you, Christian. The other thing that's happening in Portland is that Zion Williamson is in Portland. And that is apparently the source of Yes, no I have not seen much him. contention um or skepticism or whatever you want to call it. Um Yeah, it's different. What's It's different. What do you, here's what I'll say. What perspective do you want me to give like from his? Do you want me to assume his perspective or do you want me to be the GM or do you want me to be just me as like the media guy, basketball player? Cause there's, there's three different perspectives and we don't hear Zion's point of view. Mm-hmm. We hear like, well, his family doesn't like this. And so we assume his position based on what he's not doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's interesting. Uh, so I think for me, it just depends on what perspective you want to hear about maybe. Or do you just want me to just start rattling off stuff? I, I'm interested in any perspective except media. Ra- yeah. Jordan, you pick. You pick where <laughs> he should start. Spin the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll say this. Okay, so as a player, right? Okay, so no, no, I'll take it from Griff's point of view because I know Griff and I know, like, you know, what he's trying to do. You can't get, you can't get tied to a horse that doesn't want to lead, right? Or else you're not going to go anywhere. Okay, Yellowstone. So Zion is, Zion is, I know, good (laughs) reference there. Zion is a elite talent, right? Mm -hmm. He can be, he's the most unique player in the NBA when he plays, right? But again, he's played 85 games in three years. The only other player to do that and be successful is Joel Embiid. But the difference between, there's big differences between Joel Embiid and Zion. Joel Embiid is number one, a workhorse, right? Mm -hmm. And works really hard. And, you know, his first couple of years, him being younger, he was trying to figure out his diet and what he did. But when he played, you could see his, his passion to want to be a leader, to want to win and want to do stuff like that. I don't know if we see that as much from Zion. Maybe that's his personality, but I have to assume things based on, 85 games, mm-hmm. which is not fair to him, but it's, you know, what we got to do. So instead of an organization being, I would say, handcuffed by him going, well, we're not good or we're not this or we're not that. 
I've been telling people, the Pelicans are a good team. Like, Jonas Valanciunas, if he was on a better team, would have been up for being an all-star this year. He's averaging like 18 and 12. Brandon Ingram's an all-star when he's healthy. He didn't play the first, like, 20 games of the season. Then you have a new head coach, first-year guy. You get a steal in the draft with two defenders, and then your team is basically 25 years and under. Right? You trade Josh Hart. You trade some of those other guys. You get Larry Nance Jr., who's another playmaker, is 27. And you get C.J. McCollum, who's an automatic bucket getter, who's a leader. And so this team that went 1-12 in their first game, first 13 games, all of a sudden are now, oh, crap, they might end up 8th or ninth. So, like, instead of you as an organization being hampered by Zion's excuses of, well, we're not good or we're not this or we're not that, you go, well, we really don't. We would like you to be here. We want you to be a part of this, but our culture is more than just you, right? And if you want to fit in here, you can. And if you don't, then, okay, let's find somewhere where we can move you what best suits us as an organization because they're making the playoffs. <laughs> the Pelicans, unless something crazy happens, are, are a better team than the Lakers, and the Lakers are ninth. The The Blazers, the Blazers want to... I know. Sorry, say it's okay. It's okay. You know, Lakers are Lakers, right? It's fine. And uh, it happens. And then the Blazers are going to start dropping really quick. Mm -hmm. So you replace the Blazers with the Lakers and the Pelicans with the Lakers. Yes, there we go. I said that right. So, like for me, also as a teammate, as a player, I look at like the commitment to. You have one job in the NBA, and there's an infinite amount of things that could go wrong during the summer. But for somebody to come in, I've seen guys come in out of shape, 5, 10, 10 pounds, 15 maybe, but I know that they'll run that off, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not built like him. So you, from junior high, high school, college, pros, you bet you've had a history of being injured. Where's the commitment to the longevity of your career or to the whole city being on your back? Mm -hmm. Right. That's not fair. That's not fair to your teammates because you your feet. It's always his foot, his ankle, his toe. It's always something lower body. And you come in 40 pounds, 50 pounds overweight. It just shows like a lack of commitment. It don't. And for me, as a teammate, I go like it's not like he's on a rookie contract like that. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he doesn't have the funds to get what he wants. Right. I, the most I made in my career, like the most I made in one year was $8 million. He's, which is, you know, over four years, is a nice contract. I made in my 14-year career, 56. In his rookie contract, he's already made 80. So there's no way you can't tell me he can't have his own personal trainer, a dietitian, a chef. There's no excuse. It's like the formula is given there. For anybody and anything that you need, you just have to be committed. Now, I don't know his personal life. I don't know the choices that he makes. But again, what is his job? And he's young and he's learning. And maybe time away from the team, time away from New Orleans is going to be good for him. But right now, we can't see the future. But the habits that he's shown are not conducive for him being the best himself. So why would I bet on that? Uh, you know, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. And also, if you look at him, and, and like I said, he's an elite, elite talent that will, 
you know, in one year was an all-star, averaging crazy numbers, just deboing the whole league. But like, does he have an elite skill? Right? If you're 6'6, 275, and you want to constantly bully the league, right, because of your physical presence, are you, if you're spending more time getting in shape, you know, trying not to get hurt, or, you know, if you're injured most of the time, when do you work on your skill? Yeah. When do you work on your skill? You can never work on your skill, gain speed. The best players I've ever played with do their skill at game speed for hours, which is wild to watch, right? Like, and then you see in the game, and then they have another, right, another gear. I don't know what does he work on. He's the same person that he was in high school, same person he was in college, and same person he was in, in the league. Now, that's amazing when he's healthy, but you would expect him, given that he has the ability to change the NBA, to be a little bit more committed to his future. I know that was me ranting, but it's just not everyone is given that opportunity, right? Not everyone is given that, yeah. like, God-given talents. And you're just like, dude, come on, man. I know he's young, but come on. Like, let's, let's just take a step back. This isn't 1989 where you have to work another job. This is you have one job. Just be in shape. That's it. Just be in shape. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah. I... There's a couple points that stick out. One, when you said, you know, you have one job and you come to training camp and what it, what that looks like to your teammates, because we're all in this together. And if you can't do your job, I can't do my job and we can't win as a unit, especially if you're supposed to be the superstar that we're all supposed to lean on and you're supposed to be the face of the, the whole team, the whole city was behind you. So... <clears throat> I can see how automatically day one training camp that is setting off people and that's not good for chemistry in the locker room and everything like that. So I can see how, how that happens Two, If you guys saw what was on the float, did you guys no. see this during Mardi Gras this past weekend? No, what was on the float? So on Mardi Gras, they, they drew him oh boy. huge. They put one ton on his jersey. They had him like eating a sandwich, saying, I'm hungry. And it was, they were just cheering and it was just making fun and poking fun at him and his weight. And that's where I'm just what like, okay, <laughs> this is mean. We're not going to do that. I 100% when it comes to Zion and his weight, I always look at it from a basketball sense that you have to lose weight so that you can't for lower body reasons so that you can stay healthy so that your your body doesn't break yep. down because of the amount of weight that is, you know, constantly compounding on it. But we're not going to tear him down because of his weight. We're not going to draw him oversized and obese on floats and make him, you know, feel bad about that. That's where I I think that was a little too much and the whole city of New Orleans is kind of having mixed feelings about that going down because they do want him to be the superstar that they were promised. But is it is he taking it seriously? You know, is he being nice to his teammates or is it a personality thing? Which is I know something that we wanted to talk about, Haley, of like, is this just who he is or is this specifically with this team? 
Um, uh, like, I think it's sorry, like a. Sorry, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Change. Sorry, sorry. I, I bet. No, no. Not that. Not the worst news in the world. But I think we got to switch over to Zoom. You guys were just talking. Uh, 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 Zion. Zion. Yeah. So is it him? Zion. Or is it like the team? Right. Oh, think, right. Is it him yeah. more than is it the team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it it can't be the team because the team's winning, right? And so you can make ex- you can make a lot of excuses, right? I have never seen a rookie bully his way out of an organization. It's just not going to happen, right? And that sends a bad ripple throughout the league because it's like, wait a second, you're a rookie, you're a one time All Star. You've been injured two years. You've been really good one year. And your team is good. And now you want to, like, go somewhere else because you want to go somewhere That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what is the excuse? And I think, you know, you want to talk about the float. Do I agree that the float is bad? Absolutely. But when every excuse is on, like, the city or the team or the, I don't like this or I don't like that. What? Hold on. Like, but yet if, if he was... <clears throat> If somebody could take a page from Damian Lillard's book, right? The Blazers have not always been the best, but does Damian Lillard ever come into a season out of shape? Does he not provide the best that he could do? Is he a leader? Does he say, hey, I'm going to make this work? Like, I don't understand where the entitlement comes from from a player that really, you know, hasn't done anything to warrant that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, oh, okay. Right. One second. No offense to Damian Lillard, but right. like, what has it gotten him? Uh, top seventy-five greatest of all time. One of the most respected That's players great. of all time. Like, but not, not, not anything in terms of like championships or winning. Yeah, I just but, don't think but it's that. Think about how many people have won, though. Mm-hmm. How many people have won? If you're not on LeBron or Steph Curry's team, you haven't won. Or Giannis, you really haven't won the last ten years. So. What team is he going to? <laughs> like, it's, who is he going? I don't even think it's about that because honestly, I think that there's a, a, an illusion of a much bigger disconnect than there is because the reason that this is like all of a sudden a topic this week and last week is because All Star Break, CJ McCollum said I haven't talked to him mm. and I've tried to talk to him and I haven't talked to him and since obviously he's talked to him and he said um, he's trying to do some things to get ready and mm-hmm. that's important for people to realize, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Do I think it's a bit odd not to talk to your new teammate? Yes. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that he, okay, so he's out in Portland, right? That was everyone's number one. Why is he in Portland? Da, da, da. Okay. The team agreed. You should go to Portland. It's not a good environment or maybe the best environment for you to rehab here. He took Gail Benson's jet to get to Portland. Like the team was, they rode off on Portland. They said, that's a good idea. Um, is that where I would have rehabbed? I guess you got to pick somewhere that's not too tropical. <laughs> yeah. You know, I live in Portland. Like, it the is grit. not tropical. Well, it's quiet. The they aspect? have the Jordan facilities. Everything that mm. you would need would need to be here in your way. Like, you're not getting a lot of attention here. But, again, you could send him to Antarctica. You could send him anywhere. But why? You don't. You're making enough money. To provide to create your own environment like that doesn't that, that excuse of well this isn't a good environment for me what environment create your own environment probably an environment that has fans that are gonna make him into a caricature of a of a super <laughs> egregiously disgustingly what, you know if he had not like, blamed if his camp so two things 
if you don't speak up for yourself, media people will speak up for you. And then you can't get mad at us. Have we heard anything from Zion? Nothing. Mm -hmm. His teammates haven't even heard from him. You have a responsibility when you're on the team. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I know I'm out, but can't wait to play with you. That takes nothing. That takes absolutely nothing. Like Josh Hart got traded. I played with Josh Hart for nine games for the Lakers. I texted him when he got traded to Portland, like, welcome to my city. I'm not even in the league. I've been out of the league three years. I played with him nine games. Like, it's it, the, the, JJ is right. He doesn't, maybe he doesn't have a vet there to explain how things should go. But again, mm -hmm. he's never, he's not playing. So he's well, probably is, working on himself. I just, yeah. I just don't, I'm not, we're I'm making not a lot of excuses for him. I'm not defending the, like. the not getting in touch thing. I do think that that's yeah, unusual. That but where that takes my mind is that not that he's a problem child who doesn't want to no, play, no, no. who doesn't want to get better, who doesn't want to. That takes my mind into there's probably something a little heavier going on there. A little like to, so, for you to not reach out and, and then and maybe he didn't know how it looked. I'm not trying to make excuses for that but there are a lot of things that have just piled on in this zion conversation that i think are so unfair number one he's 21 number two he's this guy who has been touted as probably the most realistic next lebron-esque thing just in terms of how you can shape the entire okay. league okay. yeah has not been able to do anything do you know how embarrassing that is how, you know, mortifying that is. So that's piling on you, too. Number three is that I've seen so many people say, well, he said that he was going to be with the Pelicans his entire career and he was going to do whatever it took to win. And da -da when did he say that? Right after he got drafted. He was 18 years old. <laughs> And that's kind of what you're supposed to say after they draft yeah, you, number you one. Intensely, you want to be like loved and accepted at 18. Yeah. I joined a sorority. Like we all do crazy <laughs> shit that we shouldn't have done. You know what I mean? So what all I'm saying is that you don't know at that point. Do you like the coaching staff? Do you like the owner? Is the owner willing to give money to make this thing work? Do you like your teammates? Is the environment good? Are the fans supportive? You don't know any of those things when you're making that kind of declarative statement. Yep. Not to interrupt but you, you but can to... we can we just say this? Has the organization done all those things to make him happy. They started out with one coach. They fired that coach because he didn't like that coach. They got another coach, the completely opposite version of the initial coach, right? Then that didn't work. They've made changes. They're doing all these things. It's not like they're just sitting, stand pat, right? They're saying, we're doing our job. And you're just like, I just don't want to be here. And it's not like you don't want to be here. You, he has one job. You cannot explain to me. There's nobody in this league that can that I feel sorry for or have any type of excuse for because we are one of, let's say this year was crazy because of COVID, 520 players that get to play basketball. You're the excuse for you that like, well, this isn't this or this isn't that. All I'm, you can say all that if you do your one job, just be available. As best as you can. When you well, do not show me that saying, consistently. Though. Who's I saying can't. this? He's not saying that. He, we're saying, what you just said was that he's saying, he, okay, I don't want to be here. But he never said that. Has he said he wants to be there? Has he shown he that he wants to be there? he never said he didn't. Speak, he, he, he has to speak up. Didn't. You cannot be a superstar That's true. We have and not, not speak heard, up. We have not heard from him, but I don't know if we will ever. Like, even just like, 
looking on his Instagram, like he hasn't posted in months. He does. He's right. just not really that type of person. And I don't know if if we can expect that from him. And I think of, you know, when I heard JJ say he's a detached teammate, I think of Kawhi and how we have heard about that from him so many times that he was living in San Diego and he's not really with the team and that they have complained about that. And then we kind of stopped expecting Kawhi to be this leader. We stopped expecting Mm -hmm. him to, to talk and be this person for the Clippers. Kawhi was NBA finals MVP. So like if he don't want to talk, stop it. What? You can't. I get, I get that. Somebody hasn't gotten to that level yet. You've done one thing amazing for one year. You, our expectation of who he might be, he is young. Mm-hmm. That is my only excuse I will give him. But again, you have been given the tools to surround yourself with the greatest team possible. So you have one chance to do this. He knows he's been injured. He knows he might need to get his weight a certain way. You have all the tools. You know yourself, right? So like Luca, Luca is young. Luca comes in a little out of shape. He says, hey, I'm out of shape. I can't do that. Bada bing, bada boom. What is he doing for his team? Is he available? Look at Jokic his first couple of years. Ah, you know, hey, I'm starting to get used to the, the what was he available? Jokic played 82 games last year, right? Even Joel, again, Joel Embiid, but all these players that I just named are skill guys. Even mm-hmm. if they lose their athleticism, Jokic, right? He can dominate a league through his skills as a player who's an elite physical athlete when does he work on his skills and when do you actually hold him accountable for being the number one pick being the most you know sought after person of all time like just hold him accountable with the rest of the league that's it just the basic simple things now if he's if he comes out and something says like hey i hit a deep dark depression i tried to eat my way out of it then we can say you know what Let's take a step back. But again, until he speaks up for himself. But why would he say anything? Because he just saw what happened with Ben Simmons, where everyone was calling him a fucking liar. Right. Like, why would you say anything to any of these fans who you're hoping to appeal to, who just made a fucking float of you eating a sandwich? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And to Jordan's point, like, I think you're right about the Instagram thing because someone on his team must have talked to him because he was tweeting stuff. And he was, like, tweeting in support of He got sensitive. Yeah, he got I, sensitive I that his business was out there. So don't be, don't be, don't tweet now because somebody called you out. Right. Don't tweet now. You might well, as well then, just be quiet. So, but then what's he supposed to do? Then what, stay you. Know, you. Is he supposed to- if he, if he really, if he really f- was him, if he really was a quiet dude, are you quiet because you're sensitive, or are you are you speaking up now because you didn't like that somebody, you know, talked real about you, or said something? Like, if you were to speak up, Zion, all you got to say is, guys, I'm in Portland taking care of myself. Hey, I'm just trying to be the best version of me. I want to be in New Orleans. I love what they're doing. I'm supporting my team. Boom. We, I wouldn't say but, anything. But if they're saying, if people are saying you don't you don't support your teammates enough, you, you're not talking to CJ McCollum, you know. Did any of his JJ teammates said, speak up for him? I'm just talking about the, the oh, tweets. Right, I actually don't. I, CJ did. CJ, CJ did, did, yeah. CJ said Afterwards, he needed, he afterwards though. I'm saying after they talked if so if people okay on 2016 I played with Kyrie Jr. Shump if anybody talks about those guys right I know the truth I'll, I'll flat out speak up when all that stuff was going on on the team we'd be like dude that's not even like that we would speak up for each other 
right? That's just a sense of like, now, mind you, he may not have that because he's not with the team, but yeah. one of his teammates, you got to have one friend on a team. Even Kawhi in the Clippers, you saw him, right? Nobody ever said Kawhi's a bad teammate. They just say he's super quiet and he keeps to himself, right? I think they did kind of hint that he was well, a bad teammate. The Tony, <laughs> the Tony I mean? Parker Ooh. thing, Tony Parker <laughs> thing, but again... Yeah, because Tony Parker was like, you're selfish, you're, and that drove him out of San Antonio because he was injured. Well, Tony Parker said that he didn't have an injury. When we ended up finding out, he really did have an injury. Yeah. And it still continues okay, to so have the same injury. Okay, so let me ask you injury. this. How, how old were you when you were playing with, with JR in that squad? Oh, older. That you like just mentioned. 32, 33. And you had a grasp on – the league, the media, your position within the league, your teammates, how to be a good teammate, right? Uh, yeah, I always learned. You always learn how to be – like, LeBron's the greatest teammate of all time. So I would liken it to, like – Is he really? Oh, the greatest teammate of all time. Not even close. Wait, can you just tell us why? Nothing – I'm not doubting. Is, no, no, no. I love LeBron, so I just want to hear this. Nothing is <laughs> more important. too much bad. <laughs> nothing is more important than him elevating – his teammates and how they work out and how they approach the game. And then LeBron wants to be around all his teammates all the time because he knows that that's going to win championships almost more than the court stuff. Like we would, I'm telling you, when we won a chip, we would be around each other 16 hours a day. Lunch, brunch, dinner, practice, breakfast. Mm. If you're doing a workout, he wants to do yours. Then he'll do his, then he'll do somebody else's and they'll bust everyone's ass in practice. And he's like, yo, let's go grab a glass of rosé and, and talk about hoops. Like, he just, it's constant, right? And I know a lot of guys sometimes are in their own bubble. LeBron's mm-hmm. bubble is his team. And that's why, like, people make a great point. It's like, he's not having the greatest year. He hasn't thrown anybody under the bus, right? He's not said, I hate Russ, or we need this, or AD's injured, or this and that. He's not said anything. He just tried to go out there and do the best he can, Right. And his body language is the same that it's always been. It's awful, right? But, but he knows it. He knows it, and we know it. And, and he'll tell you. He'll be like, dude, my body language is awful. I'm a, I'm a single child. I'm an only child. I have bad body language. <laughs> yeah, but LeBron also knows how to play the game. You know totally. what I mean? Like, he knows totally. how to play the game. Things come out in the media. Mm-hmm. That stuff is, you know, people aren't happy. Where does that come from? Hmm, I wonder, right? right? Zion doesn't know how to play the game. I'm not comparing. Like, everything is very different. Totally, All I'm totally. saying is, as a deeply, deeply sensitive person, right? I just think something else might be going on. This totally. kid, yes, he's you, so, absolutely you know, I don't think he's, yeah, I don't I think agree. he's this selfish. Right. I agree. Now, is it confusing to us? Do we see the way out? Especially you. Do you, as someone who has been on a team with great teammates, great late, great leaders, who has then become the veteran himself, see the way out and right. just kind of want to shake him and tell him like, just do this and everything will be fine. Completely. Yeah. yeah you know, well, I but think also humble pie is the greatest Right. The greatest thing, because I think now he could be like, man, I could just go out here. I don't need to warm up. I could be out of shape. I could play myself in a shape. Right. I could do this and be an all star. I don't have to be I don't have to commit myself for six months before the season starts to be the greatest. I could just go out here and walk. Now he has to say, damn, it's May. I need to start thinking about what's happening in August, September, November. So I have to prepare myself for that. Do I think right now this is a big deal? Absolutely. And we had this conversation about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid played just as many games his first three years as Zion, right? But 
what happens is this is the thing right now. And if Zion comes back next year and he's shredded, this doesn't. We won't matter. talk about it. None of this. Yeah. We don't talk about it. I but right now, it. this is big because we've never seen anybody given so much and look like they just like don't appreciate it. And then they like, I don't want to say like feel entitled because of it. It, it. I know that's not. It doesn't seem like his personality, but it comes off to ex players as almost like entitlement. It's like, dude, look at your team. Like, look what's going on. Like your team, you could help them. They could, they, the the Pelicans, if Zion was playing, I mess around and say six. They'd be right there with Denver um, and, and uh, 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 Minnesota, I think. Mm-hmm. So why not be, want to be there, you know? And if you can't, then be around your teammates. But again, are you not around them? Are you on the opposite side of the map so that people don't judge you by what you look like? I, I genuinely think that the team, understanding that the team said this is a good idea mm. for you makes me think about it a lot different because I didn't know that. But I have a, a question, and I promise this isn't just yeah. devil's advocate. I think no, this no, is totally. actually... It's a good conversation. When I, I just looked up his birthday, this is a cancer advocate. Okay, yeah, he's 21. Right. And you know more about these injuries than I do. Okay, a serious foot injury. Can you yeah. actually be working off... Like, let's really think through this. Like, yes. can you actually be working Absolutely. that much weight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, and here's what I'll say a pure example of somebody that's committed. Now, he's a freak. Now, again, LeBron or Steve Nash and Grant Hill. All of them had chefs, so they had really crazy diets, right? You can look at Grant Hill now. Is he 20 or is he 50? Like, you can't <laughs> you tell. Know. Steve Nash. You don't know. So, for me, LeBron sprained his ankle in training camp. He had his trainer there. Immediately walks off, starts getting treatment, makes a phone call to his chef. Yo, I'm going to be out. How long am I going to be out? Two to four weeks? Two to four weeks. We need to go vegan, and I'm going to only be able to do what exercises can I do? This, this, and this. So here are the exercises I'm doing. You need to change my diet. Whoop, click. It is that easy. Stop it. There's so much fucking information, and everything is provided for you. And if you have millions of dollars... You can do the arm bike. You can cut your diet. You can do a million different things. Do you see Ray Allen right now? You can ride the bike. You can do the Versa climber in a seat. It's tedious. <laughs> but are you committed? What's the most important thing in your life right now? And a foot injury comes from what? And I'll use another example. Anthony Davis. Do you remember what he used to look like in New Orleans? When he was sort of skinny? And now he's gotten really big. And now all of a sudden you start to see how much he's getting injured. Ankle, knee. His last ankle was crazy. So you can't avoid that. Knee, ankle, foot, calf, knee, hamstring, knee. Right? Like, you can't play basketball like that. It's just now the game is played. Yeah, Kept, but he was a he was a fragile piece of glass in. So if you're gonna too. are you gonna put <laughs> Dude, I'm saying I'm saying Maybe it's but well that's a different story that's a different story we can all say we know that they have a history saints and pelicans of horribly mishandling injuries and terrible health staffs oh yeah i'm not lying yeah from that whole speech i I was like dang what am i doing i'm like i could be doing some exercises right now i mean it's little things right like what like what is your injury what are you eating? 
How are you yeah. working out? Like it's the whole picture. There are things to do. It is the whole picture. But if you're committed to not only yourself, well, you got to be committed to yourself first mm-hmm. because he's wasting precious years. And the only reason I get hyped up about this is because you can look at him. He's so different, right? He's different in the sense of like Steph is different or LeBron is different or KD and Giannis or Jokic. It's rare to see somebody six foot six, 280 move like that. But we've only seen him really move like that 40 games, maybe 50. I want to see that more. When's the last time you've seen him do a crazy dunk in the NBA? Years. You've seen him bully finish. But, like, he's not dunking on people like he was in college. Mm-hmm. He's lost a lot of that explosiveness. Get that back. And th- throughout his maturity, right, now you can't be eating gumbo all day long. You're 21 now. Your metabolism don't work the same. You're not 19, 18, 15, right? And you can't just hoop your way into shape. You have to be committed for everything that comes with that. And so the only reason that I, like, I want to see him do good, I want to see him be amazing, because I feel like we will never see another player like him. And I'll be sad. I'll honestly be sad if he doesn't come out of this funk and be special. Because then somebody will go, well, you can't be 6'6", 280 with bounce and physically an absolute gorilla because you're not going to make it in the league. Mm-hmm. And so all those kids who sort of look like Zion are not even going to play. And that's really why it gets upset. Like Zion is probably an amazing human being who's just going through a little, I'll call it a tiff. And it's just like, I want him to be committed to himself and to fuck the team, right? But like committed to his teammates and committed to winning Mm. and starting a legacy other than one all-star game. Mm -hmm. That's it. I think advice to maybe getting close to your teammates as long as they, you know, let's just assume that they are like being super supportive of him because we have no reason to think otherwise is great advice if only because you should surround yourself by people who can support you and you can support them back When your business is starting its championship run nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash spinsters. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash Spinsters to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash Spinsters. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I am. I one more thing, and then yeah. let's move on to a um, mailbag, and then we can cool. um, go watch eighteen eighty three. Yeah, eighty six, eighty three. Eighteen eighty six. I'm gonna say two words, and you yeah. guys tell me what comes first to your mind. Okay. Shirley Temple's. TGI Fridays. Hmm childhood that's i don't know yeah. well that was my childhood i was fucking in potato skins and mozzarella sticks up 
<laughs> no, Joel Embiid. I remember having exact conversations just like this about a guy yeah. who missed as many games, like you said, and he was just pounding Shirley Temple. <laughs> like, that yes. was his thing, remember? And he was, like, he was eating all this stuff. Like, there were all these rumors, whatever, and we were all in his business, and we were all saying he's never going to play a game, another game in the NBA. He's too big. His injuries are too low. Like, it's not going to happen for him. He's going to win MVP this year. Ooh. So let's see. Let's have this podcast again in a year. Well, let's not, well, and let's, let's not, see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, not, let's not count Jokic out now. I like to argue. I like <laughs> no, to no, argue. No, no, no. Honestly, I'm with you. I love Jokic. I do. But I can <laughs> if, just see the way the, the no, waves are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's Jokic is, he doesn't advocate for himself. But also, here's the thing about jo- Joel Embiid. You heard from Joel Embiid. Right? Like, you heard from him. You get that personality. You knew he had a little fire in his belly. Right? Even when he was eating the burgers before the game, you're like, what the fuck is he doing? Shaq was roasting him. So when Shaq, Kenny, and Charles, and Ernie, when they roast somebody, right, it's because they either genuinely don't like you or they think, like, the world of you. Like, Shaq talks about Joel Embiid, and so everyone in that TNT crew like the highest degree because everyone loves like an American boxer, American heavyweight boxer. And we just claimed Joel because he went to American college as like the next big man of the NBA. And he's living up to those expectations. You don't hear them talking about Zion very much. They That's don't not know good. Zion. But who you, knows Zion? You're right. And mm-hmm. that might just be his personality. And so we have to see, does that matter? I mean, it didn't matter with Kwai who won, who's, who's, right. Literally won championships in different places at this point. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. Um, Jordan, do you have any parting Zion thoughts? I think my last thought is, you know, when we talk about the people in his corner, I hope that they are there saying, you know, if you, if they're shaking him out of it and they're saying they're not going to talk about this in a couple years, if you get yourself back and you're back to Duke Zion, we're not even going to be having this conversation anymore. It's going to be what? Just send a next? picture of what you look like right now. Right. If you have a six pack, you know what that would do to everyone? Everyone would shut the fuck up. Send a picture of what you look like right now. Like, Honestly, are you working out? Yes, think about it. Here's no, I would my even go as far to say Photoshop. You to, know what I mean? Celebrities. Well, don't do, do that it. because do not do, do that it. because people will snitch on your ass. Buy yourself if they some see time. You. Can you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine if he photoshopped himself and somebody saw him and he was still big? Come on. He would he would die. They would kill him. Look, um, get whoever Chloe uses. Yeah. Die. <laughs> Too, soon. Okay. Too soon. Too close. Too close. <laughs> okay. We have an email. Um and we, I just want to say real quick, send us emails. We now have a, someone doing our social media. Um, and so she will be looking out for emails, DMs, replies, voicemails, and we will get to these now. I um, just realized that we have a bunch of unread ones like way too long after the fact. So please send them to us. Um, and shout out Sierra for doing our social media. Um, this is from Tuba. She says, I was thinking about a basketball thing I don't understand. Channing, I realize we just sprung this on you. Why are divisions a thing? I think 82 games a season is far too much, which made me realize I don't know what the point of divisions is and why they're still used. Also, no one celebrates division wins, and yet there are divisional banners hanging in four NBA stadiums I've visited recently. It's so odd. Any insights, extra jokes on this would be great. So 
historically, they exist for a couple of reasons. One is travel, right? Theoretically, it cuts down on travel. Um, And it used to be that if you win your division, you get in the playoffs no matter what. And I think it used to be a while ago that you'd be the top seed in your – the one through three, right, in your conference. Um, Four? And then in 2006, there was the – was it the Mavs? Who there was like an outcry? I don't know. They changed that fast. <laughs> um, and now it's used primarily to hang up banners in places and serve. Bad as teams do that. Ain't nobody hanging on no damn divisional banner. Yeah. Something. Something to um, hold on to. Just put something up. Hey, it's like a participation <laughs> trophy. Stop it. It's. I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather not have anything <laughs> at all. But. Um, <laughs> But it will be a tiebreaker. So this is my question. I guess I'll ask you guys because I have I have a solution. Instead of getting rid of divisions, let's see if we can make them matter again Ooh. in a way that makes sense. So I can go first because I've had the chance to think about this and I just sprung this on you guys. Yeah. Um, although I'll say real quick, I also don't really buy the travel thing. And this is where, Channing, you either. should correct us as a player. But, like, Knicks are in the Atlantic division – Bulls are in the central. That's a two-hour flight. Yeah. Right? But then also the the Sixers are in the Atlantic. Knicks to Sixers, that's a two-hour flight. You know what I mean? So there's I don't really think there's as much, especially on the east and the west and then the, the south. There's like th- three regions maybe it matters for. Um, is travel something that fans use as a reason for something that doesn't actually – players don't consider as much? Because I remember – that's kind of like taxes, right? People always give, or is that travel's a beast? That, so okay. first of all, travel is a fucking beast, right? Like in Portland, we had to have a sleep doctor because everywhere we go, we have the longest every the closest place is two hours, hmm. right? So like the farthest is five and a half hours, but it's really eight because you're going from Portland to Miami. So we had to we had to practice when we land, had to stay up till like three and then not have shoot around and then get and then have uh, like a breakfast at 11. Right. So because we had to stay on West Coast time. So we had to have like a specific. I do the same thing now when I travel from Portland to Atlanta. I take the red eye. I sleep right for four hours. I land. I get to my hotel room like 630 in the morning and I close the blinds, take a melatonin and go back to sleep till like 1130. So then I get up and eat breakfast. So like, but in Cleveland, everything is an hour and a half, 45 minutes away. Travel was luscious, luscious. It was like almost unfair, right? (laughs) It's just like, oh, Detroit, 30 minutes, New York, an hour, Atlanta, two hours, right? New Orleans, two and a half hours, Texas, three hours. Like, dude, the travel is crazy. Also, being in a Pacific division, I played in the two most expensive divisions in the league because of fucking New York and California state taxes. So if you're in a Pacific division, you got to play uh, the California teams eight times a year. That's like, on my checks, that was like 30 grand a game. Mm. Right? So it's like every time you play a California team, you got to play the the – Clippers twice, the uh, uh, Lakers twice, the Kings twice, and Golden State Warriors twice. And you're like, God damn. That's so 
that just but would that, that check a different. Into, would that ever factor into like a free agency decision, or is it just like a big mm. inconvenience? It's just an inconvenience. I mean, we're making so much money. Far. It really, it just sucks when you're like on a minimum contract, and you'll be like, ah, baby, we got no more bottled water this month. We straight tap, <laughs> straight tap. <laughs> but I also think we're not, we're not. Like, we have to consider that for, like, Cleveland, how well they're doing. And we have to look at the schedule and be like, well, look at their travel. They they haven't gone that far. Younger team. Yeah, exactly. Rested. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's It's going to get rough for the Lakers in a second. Because now, later on in the year, and now you're getting older, it's a lot. And then these mm-hmm. – so traveling was fun with Cleveland because we were beating the shit out of people. So it's like, yo, let's grab a bottle of wine. We talking, joking. We go eat. Then we go beat that ass and get back on a plane. The travel was fun. And so, and then you're happy. You're like, oh, God, we get to get out of Cleveland where it's cold. Now it's like, if you're on a bad team, you're like, shit, I got to get on this plane with y'all again. You're like, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Well, how many games are left? It's just, oh, yeah. Which team had the most fun uh, plane rides? Uh, Cleveland, the teams that win, well, first of all. Mm. So Cleveland won. Uh, Phoenix 2010 was two because mm-hmm. we had an older team and Steve yeah. was initially doing those videos with like Leandro Barbosa. Like, I think a lot of people forgot we were like the first team to be doing that. And that's because Steve wanted to do like viral videos. Um, <laughs> just can't imagine <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Look it up. Look up like Steve Nash with, um, it's when Avatar came out and Leandro Barbosa, <laughs> we put him in the, the thing above the, the overhead compartment. On the airplane. It's so funny. And then we did... In, um, the, in the plane? On the airplane. On the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we did this one. Steve it's like, Nash wanted to be an influencer. <laughs> no, but this is before social media, right? So he wanted to, like, he was practicing doing videos. I love it. But it, it is, so uh, it's really fun. You have to watch these videos. They're classic. Classic, Steve. Uh, but then awesome. those seems, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoenix and, and Cleveland. Um. Okay, so here's my here's my pitch for divisions. Okay. To make them matter again, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's lean into them. Every year you draw what division you're going to be in. Oh god. So, like the how the lottery works except maybe it's more fun like than the ping pong balls, maybe it's like there's a relay race or something. I don't know, <laughs> I haven't thought that far out. <laughs> anyway, it's some some form of a draw. Okay. Right. We could do a draft, but then that seems like that's going to get very unfair cuz you're just, the team is going to pick the worst team. So probably going to have to be random. Okay. And then at the beginning of the year to open the season, you have a tournament, you play your division and each division is in a different place. So like, let's say for the sake of uh, normie college basketball culture, one of them's in Indianapolis, one of them's in Atlanta, one of them's in LA and you have a division tournament then there's no travel for the first five or six games, right? So technically we are avoiding travel because you're all in the same place. And then you also get the mini tournament, mini in-season tournament that the NBA wants so bad. And then after, the only reason that divisions would matter was for seeding and tiebreakers. Hmm. Yeah, I think my my first thought was uh, a tournament style because that to me – is where a banner or a participation trophy or anything that would have the division on it is like, yes, you won something in that, in that sense. Um, But I don't know. I think I really, 
it, it became so apparent to me that I, I don't know what the divisions are because of uh you know Dunktown's new basketball wordle game that they yes. have that is so fun it's like wordle but basketball players and they have division as something that if you're close or if they're in that division and I've had to look it up every single time I do not know them and we don't even talk about them so yeah I think a tournament style or um I I'll shout out our producer Harry Somebody just picking their favorite their favorite division, where they're from, maybe, to, to spice things up, to switch it up, uh, just to make it relevant. I'm, I'm not sure. I think divisions are for money and for fans, right? Because mm. if you're in Phoenix, you want to play – you're going to play the Lakers four times a year. You're going to play Utah, Denver. You're going to play teams where people can travel to easily. Because you might say, oh, I just moved from Denver to Phoenix. I hate the Nuggets, but I love Phoenix. I want to go to this game. And then if I miss them the first time, I could see them again. But then for the travel part, which is the biggest part, when the Knicks come into town, people go, well, they only play them once this year. I need to go to this game. Right? But like a Laker team, which is easy, accessible both ways, you want, excuse me, you want that team to be really good because you're going to make more money. Right, because that like the Suns hate the Lakers, right? The Suns hate Houston. Uh, who else says the Suns hate San Antonio? And they're all pretty much part of the you know because of the playoff race, but just their their history. So eh, you know it doesn't play a big role, but it plays a bigger role when it comes to uh, fans and and money and, and arenas. Hmm. I I was thinking about the the rivalry element of it, because that's probably the most other, like you said, the most other sensical thing is that if you play somebody more and they're regional mm. or close, it's going to become a rivalry. Right. My counter to that is that there is no limit on rivalries. Like there are just certain teams and certain players and certain guys who just hate other teams and will make rivalries out of nothing. Trey young, what do you do? Wave, blow a kiss, something. Oh, no, he and was instantly, talking mad shit that series. And he New York, it took one. It took literally, oh. and then instantly, rivals. He was also for life. fucking them never... up. Though. He was fucking them yeah, up. <laughs> he, was. he was barbecuing them. I hate him too. Fuck you. <laughs> and think about it, he's the smallest guy out there barbecuing your big ass team. No, fuck that. I hate him too. Mortifying. Yeah. It is, it's mortifying. I think rivalries can exist anywhere, um, but I'm a hateful person. So. Aren't we all a little bit? <laughs> uh, Jordan, do you have anything? Anything else? Um, no, I think uh, we should make sure you guys keep sending in those questions. We, we love them. Sorry we can't come up with the <laughs> perfect reason to make divisions matter. Um, we will we'll still be uh, researching that. Okay, that's our show. Please keep leaving us voicemails and emails. Call us at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluearpods.com to be featured on the show. Spencers is hosted by me, Jordan Liggins, and Haley O'Shaughnessy. This episode was produced by Isabel Joycelyn, Harry Krinsky, Alex Ward, Ashley Zhao, and me. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yells, and Haley.
Hey there. Uh, this is John Collin from Wisconsin. Just wanted to say, just listen to your most recent episode, No to Black Hair by Jordan Liggins. And uh, as a guy whose nickname was Fabio, <laughs> growing up in high school, um, I just really loved and appreciated that. I've got a few mixed kids at home, so just understanding that part of their history um, was really great, and I just appreciate everything that you guys do. So love hearing, love hearing your pod every single week. Keep up the good work, and I'll be listening.